And welcome back, folks. It's your boy, Jeff Shoes, and you know what time it is. It's the Stash It or Pass It podcast, your weekly report for everything crypto, cannabis, and culture. Crypto being our weather report, cannabis, the traffic report, and the anything goes culture report. Now, thank you so much for being here with us this week. It's been a crazy week. We got news coming out daily. Bitcoin hit all-time highs twice this week. Ethereum followed, and uh, we took a little dip. We're accumulating, and we're getting ready for that moonshot. But before we go there, first, we're going to stop by the traffic report with our man, Jacob Stoneburner from Stoneburner Wealth Management. We dive into some cannabis politics, what's going on in the industry, a little bit about the stock market, and share some opinions. And after that, we're checking in with our guy, Marcus Moles. He is a Bitcoin legend a connoisseur. We've recorded with him before. We got some great episodes. So he shares with us his uh, opinions about what's happening. And we uh, go in and dive into some other stories from the metaverse to Elon Musk, Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett. The list goes on and on, folks. Bitcoin is here. Crypto is here. And it is here to stay, my friends. And you know what time it is. Get ready. You know the drill. Buckle up. My mustache is getting extra fluffy. And next up, we have the traffic report brought to you by our friends over at Choice Kingdom Trust. And yes, that is the Choice Kingdom Trust app. And I got a a great referral link for everybody to check out down in the show notes. With this Choice Kingdom Trust app, you're going to sign up, use my referral link. You're going to get $50 in free Bitcoin by opening up a Choice Kingdom Trust Roth IRA. I personally use this. It's a great service. It's incredible what they're doing. Personally, I've rolled over multiple old 401ks from old jobs that I've had, and I've been able to buy Bitcoin with it, You know, other traditional assets with it, like Apple stock, Microsoft stock, AT&T, Ford. You know, I like a little dividend dinosaur myself, but it allowed me to buy a lot of Bitcoin, which I couldn't do in my old 401ks or in some other, you know, legacy traditional IRAs and whatnot. So again, this segment is brought to you by our friends over at Choice Kingdom Trust. We got a great referral link down in the show notes right there. When you sign up, use my referral link. You're going to get $50 of free Bitcoin, baby. That's from our friends at Choice Kingdom Trust. They're our sponsor, but they're not really our sponsor. Stash it. And here we are, folks, coming in live with our friend Jacob Stoneburner, Stoneburner Wealth Management. And, you know, we are so happy to be sitting here with him because a lot of stuff has been going on in the MSO gang, the multi-state operators, the cannabis market. We were bleeding a lot, folks, and we've been talking about buying and some things have been happening since last Friday. The markets are looking pretty good right now. And Jake, we are so happy to hear from you. What's going on out there, my friend? Hello, JD. Thanks for having me. Pleasure being on. Um, yeah, I mean, you said it correctly. Since about last February, these stocks have lost 60% of their value, 70, some of them, for no apparent reason, really, just because legalization talks weren't coming around. Um, and I think because of where they trade on over the counter um, and the legalization is kind of in a gray area, I think people are just like, all right, I'm getting rid of this. Risking off is what we'd call it in my business. Um, especially with inflation ticking up, yep. you know, 6.2%, the, the highest it's been in 30 years. Um, when inflation kicks up, the high growth companies don't look as great because their future earnings don't look as good. And so I think a lot of people were making knee-jerk reactions and just selling, which created downward selling pressure in these 
already a liquid stock. And then lo and behold, when all these stocks hit their 52 week low, the, the strings that I don't know get pulled, all of a sudden there's a legalization bill by the Republicans that come out when all these stocks hit a 52 week low. Convenient, maybe, uh, but since then, you know, most of these have gone up 25 to 40% in a two or three day trading period. Um, I think that's the, the kickstart that this sector needed was some good news. Not that it has, it's been getting great news, but people want to see legalization talks. People want right. to see the Safe Banking Act passed. People want to see true movement in the political field that, hey, this stuff might actually get passed. Maybe not the, this year, well, probably for sure not this year, but all right, maybe 2022, we might have some legalization talks that actually might be bipartisan. Um, once the Republicans drop that bill or they say they're going to drop the bill, that changes a lot of things. That really pushes pressure on the Dems to make action. It makes all these companies become a, a real viable, you know, company to be maybe be uplisted on the New York Exchange or the NASDAQ. So I think that's why you're seeing this upward momentum of the stocks instantly because, hey, this is now becoming a reality. Yep. It was reality last February when um, um, Georgia went blue. Well, it went blue last February. Everyone's like, oh gosh, weed's getting legalized. Well, here we are. Nine months later, Biden's been sitting on his hands and Republicans go, you know what? We're going to make this part of our thing. Let's, let's put out a legalization bill. And I think now that people see that both sides are, are, are for it, um, it, it seems like it's nothing but green pastures coming ahead, if you will. That's right. Right? Absolutely. Um, now, there's still a lot of risk, a lot of volatility, a lot of illiquid, you know, investing on anything over the market, over the counter, I mean, um, there's just not a lot of shares getting sold each day. And so even the upward momentum could be really short-lived because there's not a, not a lot of volume. Um, but it, if a real bill gets introduced, like, I mean, there is one right now in the Senate, you know, the Safe Banking Act, but that's kind of, that's kind of getting pushed to the side. They've even talked about just stalling it completely until they, they get their social justice issues put in there. And right. Like, the second the Republicans drop their bill, it makes them look like they're, they've been, I don't want to say pussyfooting, but you know. Right. Right. It's almost like, I mean, I look at it, you know, they just keep stringing that along because, you know, I, I have it sitting right here, you know, where President Biden, what he campaigned on, um, you know, what he said he believed in. And, you know, as President Biden has come into office now, he said he was going to be more centrist. And now he has a lot of other, you know, bills and actions that are, you know, very far left, except for when it comes to cannabis, which is, I feel like I'm being lied to. And uh, it's like that same thing where, this is a bipartisan thing. He wants to be bipartisan. And, you know, here's some cannabis uh, legalization to criminalization. I mean, so when he was campaigning, this was supposed to be in his first 100 days. No one should be in jail for marijuana use. Decriminalization, rec recreational marijuana use and automatic expunge prior convictions. Legalize medical marijuana. Allow states to legalize recreational marijuana. Reschedule marijuana so researchers can study its health impacts. Now, what's like blows my mind, too. Right. So. Right now, even in legal states, the uh, people that are filing for assistance in housing, for example, if they are medical cannabis users, they are being denied by HUD in the Biden administration. Even like in Washington, D.C., where, you know, D.C. is basically like a state. They have a representative. She's sending letters to President Biden and they're pleading with them, like, please stop denying people public housing because they are medical uh, cannabis users blows my mind. Another one that is like makes me sick at my stomach is, you know, the VA, you know, people, veterans, bipartisan uh, 
Democrats, Republicans are coming together and pleading with the VA, pleading with the Biden administration, please like allow more resources to study the effects of cannabis or please like vets are pleading, please, I don't want to take opioids. I don't want to take anti-anxiety meds. I don't want to take antidepressants. I want to use cannabis and they're self-medicating. They're not able to get the benefits that they deserve, that they need. And uh, it's ridiculous, right? Like these are the same things. Like Biden says he believes in, you know, getting the resources here to get the, uh, get the research going. And, you know, to just speak about what you were just saying, you know, Republicans. So this is Nancy Mace in uh, South Carolina. She's going to be put for, she's going to be putting forth the state's reform act on Monday. And so we'll see, you know, she wants to legalize it and uh, tax it. So, um, again, I think this is great on both ends. One, if Republicans steal this win, wow, I can't believe the Democrats let that happen. Or two, it's going to actually, you know, light this fire, you know, like get it going. Because right now, like Joe Biden has the power of the pen to pardon nonviolent cannabis users and get them out of jail, but he's not doing it. Like Senator Schumer sent a letter, Senator Warren, Senator oh, Don't Booker. get me started on Schumer. That dude, he only is using cannabis to get votes. Right. He has no... He's been saying that for two years now. They need to legalize it. He even put forth a bill and then said, "Hey, we are not going to we are not going to allow this to pass until certain other parts that has nothing to do with marijuana right. introduced that." And to me, that's such bullshit that a, 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 someone of that power can dangle that in front of millions of people who truly, hey, you know what, you and me, we will be the first to admit we like marijuana recreationally. Right. Also have PTSD from football pains that definitely checks those boxes, but we will admit hey, we like it recreationally. Right. So there is millions of people that could use it medicinally that would improve their life tenfold. Right. We have a political party or political theater. I don't want to say party, obviously it's party, but political theater going on. Right. Uh, saying, hey, we're going to legalize this or hey, the state's going to have control of this and they just sit on their hands and don't do anything. Right. Here we are a year later and people are getting denied housing all because they have are prescribed right. medical marijuana by a freaking doctor. In a legal state. Tobacco, you can't get prescribed alcohol. Right. Damn sure can't get prescribed any type of hard drug. They're not getting denied for that stuff. But you're in a legal state getting prescribed from a doctor from your whatever underlying symptoms you have. They say, hey, you need this to help improve your life. And they say, hey, no, you can't, you can't have this house. Right. And then think about it. People that, you know are, you know, assistant living or assistant, you know, government housing, like those are people that 1000% voted for Joe Biden because, you yeah. know, he, they believe him. That's part of that, that political base there. And like, and then here it comes like right back. Like it, I would feel like I'm being lied to myself. Like it's ridiculous. And uh, you know, especially the things going on with the veterans. I mean, it's, that's even crazier, but uh, you know, again, like you were saying, what was it? Like as, as, you know, I don't have as much implications as people who truly need it. Now I have my medical card and that's like had the, an underlying symptom that they said that you, you, you for damn sure need it. Um, but I could probably go without it and I'd be all right. But as an investor, I also right. feel like I'm fucking getting mine too. Excuse my right. Um, you know, I love these MSOs. Um, I think, you know, you look at their growth prospects, their fundamentals, their earnings, their, the investors are getting shot in the foot because we have some, political theater going on that's not yep. allowing these to be the type of companies they should be. These should be on the NASDAQ, New York Stock Exchange. They should be able to have ample amount of money flowing into them. They can't even freaking bank. Right. I mean, it's just so backwards that we're sitting here in 2021 and people are really get up in arms um, about marijuana. Right. And I, it's unfortunate, and I think it has a lot to do with 
the age of a lot of the sitting representatives, Congress, yep. Senate, President. Um, you know, 80 year olds, 50 years ago, marijuana was the devil's lettuce. You know, yep. literally created movies to make sure people didn't smoke pot. Right. Well, I don't blame them for still thinking that because they're not they're not kept up with the times because they're 50 years older than you and me. But they're, those are the type of people that are hanging up this type of bill. And it's like, it's just, they're so out of touch. Right. I've been reading so many polls about how many people approve and want legalized marijuana. It's the highest it's ever been on both sides of the party. Right. And it's not like 51%. It's like 65 to 85%, depending where you're pulling. Yep. That's not full-hum numbers. That's a majority of Americans are saying, a, we don't give a shit if it's legalized or not, just legalize it. And B, the people who want it, like, hey, I need this. Right. It, it blows my mind that I could go to Kentucky and get arrested for having pot, then go up to Michigan and grow 10 plants. And I'm sitting here in Ohio in the middle and um, my hands are tied. Right. And they got to fix that. Not from a, obviously from an investing perspective, that makes his stocks look a hell of a lot better. Right. Um, me personally, as a connoisseur, a, a, a patient, Yep. I can't. I, I would get in trouble going to Kentucky with my own prescribed marijuana. Right. And at some point, that has to change. Yep. Um, I think we're beating that drum that it will change. Beating the dead horse. You know, keep on beating it. Um, I think we are in the the light is at the end of the tunnel when this could happen. Yep. The end of the tunnel could be literally five years from now. But in the grand scheme of how long this shit's been going on, five years is nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, like you were saying too, man, I mean, today, like we're seeing green thumb making, you know, 15% gains. Uh, you know, that's one of our big ones that we love. And, uh, you know, just what was it two days ago? You know, if you, if you're trading with JP Morgan or a couple of these other places, like you can't even buy it right now. Like yeah. that, that's ridiculous. Like it's crazy. You know, you well, think about how much money's in there. Legal shit you could buy with JP Morgan or stocks or illegal illicit activities they do on their own as a business you're right. telling me i can't go buy a, a company that is in a legal state a legal Dude. state that's like making hundreds of millions of dollars that is producing so much tax revenue for that state but then again they can't per, they can't even participate in the banking it's like oh my god i think what we just talked about two days ago illinois had a billion dollars of revenue already this year yeah of, of that's tax money that can go to help illinois right it will help the united states and it's not from some crazy foreign illegal thing we're doing. Yet J.P. Morgan says, "Nope, you can't do that." Right. Uh, dude, that's that to me is big pharma. There's yep. money behind the scenes that you and me both don't know about. Right. They're pushing money in places because the second that becomes legal and I can get prescribed marijuana versus opioid, yeah, we already see it in football. The opioid going anywhere that has legal marijuana, opioids go down tenfold. Yep. Well, I'm sure those companies are like, "Hey, we can't have that happen." Right. Right. And they've all of a sudden legal weed comes our our profits go out the door because that will never come back around right and so obviously there's there's big money where i don't know it i'm not privy to that type of info right um, but it doesn't it just doesn't add up all the positives that come with legalization right but we're still hung up on some of the most trivial things um and to me that screams someone's person someone's saying hey don't do this and it's not i mean it could be a senator it could be a congressman it could be the president but i'm thinking Money usually talks in those situations. Right. The big pharma companies, they got nothing but money. What's well, another thing too? It's like this administration, you know, they went after the Purdue family, Purdue Pharma. But what's insane, so like that family's gonna like, you know, pay billions of dollars in fines, but the government made it so people like you and me or people that were affected by them lying and saying that, you know, Percocets and opioids weren't addictive. 
those families that lost their kids, that lost their family members, they can't sue that multi-billion dollar family. You know, only the government's going to get some billions out of it and do whatever they do with it. But again, I mean, it's just, you know, it's like it can't can't win against the government sometimes. But, you know, like we're talking about, I mean, things are changing. Like Nancy Mace down in uh, South Carolina, like she's a young representative. And yeah, she's a Republican. So like some people might hear Republican and like freak out. But hey, go look this lady up. She worked at Waffle House. She's young. She's a, a conservationist and environmentalist, but she's a Republican. Yeah, she's from South Carolina. And she's about the free market and about business. Like she she started stuff down in South Carolina where they got ketamine clinics and different like different things like that going on that are treating PTSD and vets and things of that nature. So when it all we comes back together, this new age, um, these new age leaders who are they're um, young, they don't care if they don't care if they're right or left. It's right. About what's right. Yeah. Um, and, you know. I think that's a lot of the Republicans that are younger are trying to distance themselves from the older Republicans yep, the absolutely. Trump era and be like, hey, you know what? I'm actually, a, I'm probably more center than I am Republican, but I'm, I'm Republican on some things. That's going right. to bring out the masses. And the masses are saying, hey, we want legalized marijuana. So right. one of these motherfuckers, right or left, red or blue, independent, one of them's got to get this ball rolling because it's now not, you know, a, a fringe thing where people just want marijuana legalized. We're right. almost to the 20 states of, of just, they're 100% legal, not right. medicinal, just recreational. And yet the government feels like they don't need to have any, any interactions. There's mother, there's dudes in jail, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in jail, all from nonviolent marijuana crimes. Right. That should be probably priority number one. Selfishly, I love your weed, selfishly. Right. The pot stock would probably like them a lot, but in the grand scheme, you have people in jail for the rest of their life, all from some marijuana. Right. That means that should be priority number one. Biden's, I mean, you, you read it. You said in the first hundred days, I'm gonna do that. Shit, where are we at? Three hundred. Where are we at, man? Absolutely. How many, how many days in are we at now? And nothing. Right. And we've always been, you know, we've we've kind of, you know, kept it a little mellow. But that's why I said I'm going to start holding them more accountable because we're getting to that point now. You're seeing celebrities are pushing for it more. And, uh, you know, I think Seth Rogen and Sarah Silverman. Right. And I think they're, enough's they're enough, starting, man. They're starting a little conglomerate where they're going to go to all the Congress and they're like, what's going on? Right. What, what are we waiting on? Amazon right. is even saying, what are we waiting on? Exactly. I don't want to test our guys anymore because it's stupid too. Right. But, uh, Obviously, we're pretty passionate about that, but I think both of you and me understand. It, yes, it can be recreational; it can have some bad parts of it. But the things that led us not to do opioids, especially in our world, you know, football, where there's a lot of PTSD, a lot of pain, where all they do is air pill, 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 right. pill. To say I can say and say I've never had to do any of that because of my recreational use of marijuana. Yeah. Now I'm I have my medicinal card. Thank God, I'm in medicinal state. Oh shoot! I, I read something else that like. 65 to 75% of people who are trying to reallocate in their lives, they want to go to a legal state. Right. I just had a buddy move from Denver to here, and he's like, this is the most back backwards thing I've ever seen, because everyone in Denver was cool with it. Everyone called Colorado, I could go to my store, I could go to CVS, and then go to the pot shop, get an edible, go home, and not even have to worry about it. Right. Here, Ohio's opening up a little bit better. Shit, where you're at, Man, you're you're in the you're in the, <laughs> hey, that's why I'm building a house in South Carolina. Now I got my girl Nancy Mace. I mean, we'll see what's cooking, right? I mean, so that being said, um, you know, she followed she followed us on uh, on Twitter. 
Uh, she got, her. yeah, she got the stash at her pass it on Twitter. She got it on Instagram. I was DMing her directly. So this is think about this again. Like I'm DMing like a representative from South Carolina and she's hit me back. Like, yeah, it's a really pragmatic bill. I'm really looking forward to it. Cause I was like, Hey, I got your back. Congratulations. This is awesome. And, uh, you know, so I just went for the, the soft clothes. I was like, Hey, we'd love to have you on the show. She saw, she shot me over her, uh, you know, her PR people and all that stuff. And, uh, Yes, yeah, so we're going to get her on here, man. And uh, another one we can look forward to, uh, Jason Jason Spatafora. You know, he's a guy on uh, big MSO guy on Twitter. And, uh, you know, so this thing is growing, man. I think we should still just keep on pushing it. You know, all gas, baby, no brakes. We are coming for legalization. We're freeing the people. We're freeing the medicine. It's time, Joe. Let's go. It is. It's time. And on that note, I'm going to go home and smoke some sour Durban. Hey. For my guy Joe, not really my guy Joe, but I got a feeling there's something good in the air. I think 2022 is going to be the year. Yeah, so I thought this year something would happen, but I think if this bill gets dropped Monday, the Dem is like, man, it's just going to force a hand on each side. Right. Um, and I don't know if it, I don't know if full legalization is ever going to be the answer, but it, you know, safe banking, just let them freaking bank, and then, right. then they can go list on the New York Exchange, New York Stock Exchange, the Nasdaq. Then these companies that we are really interested in have more opportunities. I mean, they're, they're handcuffed on anything they can do yet they're doing a billion dollars of revenue a year. Right. Don't even get me started on the investing side of this because that drives me nuts too, but well, it'll pay off tenfold down the road. Absolutely. And as always, my friend, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, we will be checking in here routinely on the Stash It or Pass It podcast, the traffic report with my man, Jacob Stoneburner, Stoneburner Wealth Management. See ya. Thanks for having me, JB. Appreciate it. Looking forward to getting back on. Go Bucks, right? Go Bucks, baby. Stash it. And here is a fresh report that came out this week, and it's about a man in Singapore was given the death penalty after he was found with two pounds of cannabis. Wow. Now, this man, his name was Omar Yaqub Bahamaj, 41 years old, was sentenced to death in February and a court dismissed his appeal on Tuesday. He was sentenced to death by hanging. He was convicted of bringing at least two pounds of cannabis into Singapore in 2018. Authorities found it wrapped up in foil and newspaper in the trunk of the car he was in while his dad was driving. Now, this is what the report says. And his lawyer said that there was a doubt about whether He knowingly brought the drug into the city state and he argued in court that he didn't know what was in the trunk and that other people had put it in there without him knowing. So, you know, he also went along to say when he was arrested that his acquaintance had convinced him to bring the substance into Singapore and that he didn't want to do it, but it, but he needed the money. He also argued at one point that drug enforcement officers had coerced him into his admission, you know, saying an officer had threatened to hang him and his father if he refused to confess. Man, just uh, again, just makes me thankful that I live in the United States of America. Now, obviously, you know, we are putting a lot of people in jail for uh, cannabis related charges still. And uh, we've definitely probably ruined people's lives and, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people sitting in solitary confinement or, were, you know, murdered in prison or, you know, maybe we even eventually, who knows, maybe they got the death penalty back in the day. 
mean, I'm not really sure of that probably shouldn't say it, but you know, just being said, Singapore, a man was convicted to death by hanging over cannabis. The next update we have for everyone here on the traffic report has to do a little bit with the uh, Biden administration and uh, some things that Joe Biden, you know, campaigned on that, uh, you know, he's really not following through and which could end up, you know, he could end up losing this. You know, Democrats could literally end up losing the win of legalizing or decriminalizing cannabis. And I'm just going to continue on and, uh, you know, share some of these uh, latest stories. And one of those being is the Biden administration will keep denying public housing. Yes, public housing. The Biden administration will keep denying public housing over marijuana. And this is this is pretty remarkable. So this is even in legal and medicinal states. So the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development says it is required to continue denying federally assisted housing to people who use marijuana, even if they're acting in compliance with the law. Now, a a representative, Eleanor Holmes Norton, she's a Democrat from Washington, D.C. She sent a letter to HUD basically imploring the department to use executive discretion and not punish people over cannabis in legal states, just in legal states. So we're talking about people that need this assistance in public housing who are using cannabis legally in their state are being denied by the Biden administration. The same administration that said cannabis users should not be in jail. They are not using the power of their pen to pardon them and get them out of jail. And I'll continue on that story. That's going to come along here. And now they're also denying assistance in public housing because of it. And I'm just a little confused because when Joe was originally, President Biden was originally campaigning, you know, one of the things I got behind was what he said he was going to do for the cannabis community, what he was going to do for nonviolent cannabis offenders that were in jail. He talked about getting people out of jail. He talked about decriminalizing cannabis. He talked about eventually legalizing cannabis. And here we are. The Democrats have the opportunity to do all these things right now, and he is not doing it. And we may even see the Democrats lose this win. Maybe the easiest political win, you know, over 88% or something like that of Democrats are for legalization. Independence, it's around 65 or 70. And even 55% of Republicans are about it. So come on, Joe, even in legal states, come on, man. Another update we have here, and that has to do with the VA. So the VA rejects cannabis research as veterans plead for medicinal cannabis. So our veterans, people are going over, joining our military, defending us, fighting, going to wars, and now they're coming home and they're pleading with the VA, please let me use cannabis instead of opioids. Please let me use cannabis instead of anti-anxiety medicine. Please let me use cannabis instead of antidepressants. But no, scientists say the VA and the DOG and the DOJ have a history of stonewalling anyone who wants to conduct trials on plant-derived cannabis for therapeutic purposes. Why? Why, Joe? Why? Millions of veterans are self-medicating their war-caused ailments with cannabis. And they are frustrated the VA continues to dismiss the drug's possible benefits. 
the VA will not expand the cannabis research it is undertaking despite recent bipartisan despite recent bipartisan calls from Congress, doctors, and veterans. And without that research, the VA continues to deny cannabis recommendations to veterans in 36 states that allow medical marijuana. This is ridiculous. Veterans say that has forced many to suffer, while some researchers suggest the VA also may be ignoring potential ill effects when used inappropriately. The federal government may be resistant, not just because research could open the door to cannabis use by veterans, but lead to wider legalization. Lead to wider legalization. Joe campaigned on getting people out of jail for nonviolent cannabis use charges. Joe campaigned on decriminalizing cannabis. Joe campaigned on legalizing cannabis. 80% of the Democratic Party wants cannabis legalized. So what is the issue here? So now we see here, so Representative Lou Carrera, you know, a Democrat in California, has introduced a bill that would instruct the VA to study cannabis for PTSD, depression, and a number of other diseases vets often suffer from. Just one of multiple proposals in the House and Senate that would expand research into cannabis for vets. Despite broad bipartisan support, bipartisan support, so Democrats and Republicans in this wild world we live in, this is something they agree on. They want to decriminalize, legalize, get people out of jail, provide resources to continue to study cannabis and how it can help our vets. Our vets are pleading with the government, please do this. So what's the issue? Everybody's about it. Everyone's behind it. You know, I just, it just hits you the wrong way sometimes. So I'll just, I'll continue to report on this. Sorry if I got a little fired up there, but <sighs> the VA keeps saying, we have the authority. We don't need you to micromanage us, but we do because they're not doing their job, Carrera said. The recent withdrawal from Afghanistan has exacerbated the demand for understanding of using cannabis for treatment. Calls to the Veterans Crisis Line, which is operated by the VA, increased by 6% in the weeks immediately following the withdrawal from Afghanistan, and Veterans of America's Longest War use cannabis at the highest rates among veterans to self-medicate their ailments legalize the leaf, free the people, free the medicine, get these people out of jail to criminalize cannabis and let's go. It's time, Joe. Because again, like I said, it's going to be ridiculous. The fact that if the Democrats lose this win, because right now there's a shift going on in Congress, you know, over half of Republicans, when you're getting, when you're looking at different polls, you know, they're all for decriminalization and legalization as well. You know, it's well more than that. Like I said earlier, 70, 75, 80 percent for Democrats as well. They are all about decriminalization, legalization. But I don't know why the Biden administration are sitting on their hands. I mean, so many things have passed through the House, died in the Senate, whatever. We have the power of the pen. And now Republicans, they might get this win. They might steal this win. This is going to be a major shift. And right now, 
there is a Republican representative, Nancy Mace in South Carolina, and uh, she has put together a bill and uh, this is going to decriminalize marijuana and establish a tax on cannabis sales. And uh, I really, my mind would be blown, but where we're at these days, I would uh, not be surprised because, you know, the fact that, like I said earlier, President Biden campaigned on this, you know, Senator Sanders, Bernie Sanders, he said day one when he became president that, you know, he would uh, legalize cannabis, use the power of the pen. Now, you know, I know him and Joe, you know, are not, uh, you know, I know he is not the president, but you know, I know him and Joe are definitely communicate a lot. And uh, I just don't understand what's going on here. I, I feel like I was lied to and I'm a little frustrated about it. So uh, that's why I'm talking about it. And that's why we're sharing these stories, because it's ridiculous. Like where we're at right now, there are billions of dollars being made. There are multi-state operating companies all over this country, but there's still a cannabis arrest every 90 seconds. There's still generations of people sitting in jail because of these same politicians and their laws in the past, their war on drugs. Those people are still sitting in jail. But meanwhile, they're probably collecting money from cannabis lobbyists. But there's people sitting in jail. So do your job, do what you campaigned on, get these people out of jail, free the people, free the medicine. It's time. Stash it. And next up, we have the weather report brought to you by our friends over at Invest Voyager. And if you go ahead and scroll down to those show notes, you're going to see a great referral link from our friends at Invest Voyager. When you spend $100, you're going to get $25 in free Bitcoin. And let me tell you, folks, when I say they're our sponsor and they're not really our sponsor, that's because they're not our sponsor. I actually really use this stuff and you know, I'm really trying to pass that knowledge along. And these referral links are great. And uh, it's going to give you a little bit of free Bitcoin. It's going to help me out too. And you're going to help produce another episode of Stash It or Pass It, baby. So from our friends at Invest Voyager, check out that referral link. You spend $100, you get $25 of free Bitcoin, baby. They're our sponsor, but they're not really our sponsor. Stash it. All right, folks. And next up, we are here with our friend and Bitcoin legend, Marcus Moles. And he, uh, he's going to uh, bless us with his two cents. we got a lot of stuff going on out there. So I will let him take it away from here. Always happy to come on the show. It's a blast to be on here. Well, the markets are, are interesting today. We're, we, we pulled a... Uh, uh, Bitcoin has just uh, turned red on the daily, so we're we're unsure, unclear what's happening with the S and P and Bitcoin correlation there. But a friend once told me, I have two rules in life. One is be a man, and two is if you if you forget the first rule, you got to call me. So it seems like the Fed and our policymakers uh, need to call my friend because things are getting a little out of control. Inflation this morning was at 6.2%, but the risk-free rate for things are is about 1.83% with our, our yield. So we have some huge misallocation of capital and distortion in the markets. We're at $29 trillion in debt. We got Bitcoin and ETH pushing all-time highs speculation and altcoins, NFTs, stock market, stock, mar stock market pushing all-time highs, but getting absolutely dummied this morning because of that uh, inflation report that, you know, if that happens, then there's a, a risk that to, to the stock market because we might raise rates and that could affect everything. 
Right. So not sure what's going to happen in the short term from that. And then on top of that, we have policymakers and leaders and a president who became in to calm the storm and be a centrist is now extreme left with his supportive agenda and tax plan. Taxing unrealized uh, gains is absolutely ridiculous. Right. So I don't know. Bitcoin is becoming the, the truth and the man in the room that you got to call. Uh, I expect the trend to be the friend once again, short-term volatility for sure. Bitcoin might go down, but I expect hundred K Bitcoin, whether it's this year or early next year. And as Michael Saylor said this morning, the solution to inflation is a non-sovereign store of value asset in the form of a bare instrument. Bitcoin is digital property and meets this requirement best for billions of people in the world with access to a mobile phone. No other savings option is so compelling. So if there's one thing from this rant to be on the show, which I'm so happy to be on here, you got to learn what is Bitcoin and why Bitcoin. And I write about that all the time. My newsletter, I wrote a free crypto guide on my newsletter at molsey.substack.com. So learn Bitcoin and buckle up for some volatility because someone, someone's got to be the man in the room and it seems like it's got to be Bitcoin. Absolutely. And uh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, uh, I had a couple of takes on here earlier when we were on the uh, traffic report, just talking about, you know, President Biden, some of the things he even campaigned on, you know, that were a little bit more progressive as well. And uh, he's really you know, not holding up his end of the bargain, not holding up uh, his word. And, you know, I'm going to start uh, holding him a little bit more accountable as well. And, uh, you know, again, like Marcus said, check him out on his website. You know, I like bringing him on this show because, you know, I was connected to Marcus, you know, through Austin. And, uh, you know, I had been listening and uh, reading his letters. You know, really, some of those were daily. Some of them are weekly. And uh, really spent a lot of time doing that through January, February, uh, March, April, and uh, really enjoyed uh, you know this ride. And uh, he's a great writer. He puts uh, some great thought into these things too. He may not be like me. Sometimes I'm a little you know just shooting off here and there and uh, spouting off. I might not have all my facts aligned, but uh, again, I mean Marcus is uh, very poised in this. He's very uh, you know methodical, and uh, you know it's great. It's a great read, and you know I definitely I'm looking forward to it as well. Even though I know some of this stuff to do a refresh on, on it. I'm going to take his course. Uh, haven't really had the time yet, but, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, again, Marcus, thank you so much, man. Enjoyed hearing that take. We just wanted to bring him on here for a little one, but we're going to be popping in from time to time. Cause it's about to get wild out there folks. And it is, we aren't, you know, this isn't financial advice, but I'm going to buy some more Bitcoin. <laughs> Love it. And next up here on the weather report, I'm going to dive into the metaverse a little bit once again, because, you know, last week we had uh, our friend Brandon Boyd on and uh, he told us about a couple different metaverse projects that he was, you know, really interested in, had some big eyeballs on and was very bullish about. And one of those was Decentraland. Now, Decentraland is the platform that you can use mana on. Now, I just started uh, investing in mana and so whenever I buy a token, like I've said before, I like to dive in a little bit deeper. Now I got some skin in the game, so now I want to go find out about it. So I went on to Decentraland, and it's it's very cool. You know, it's a Web3 decentralized like gaming application, basically. But 
it is built by the users and for the users. So it is kind of like a Sims or a, a second life. And uh, you go on there, you can use your mana to dress your avatar, buy different things. You can go to concerts, you can go to movies, and then you can explore this ever expanding and evolving map and you can buy land on it. And then you use your mana to buy land and then you can let's say, create a house. And in your house, you do different performances. And then other people can be walking around this little metaversal universe and uh, they can come in there and they can participate in whatever you're selling. So if I'm you know, selling some service at my house or you know, putting on some kind of performance uh, with my content, you know, they can buy that and they can uh, join in on that using their mana and I can make money, they can make money. And uh, we're all living in a yellow submarine, folks, and it's a good time. And yeah, stash it. Now, this is something I wanted to uh, report on, and I like to talk about more and more, and that is progressives that Bitcoin. Now, a lot of people may not know about Bitcoin or may not own any Bitcoin yet, but somebody that just put her two cents about it and is really expanding her knowledge on it is uh, Morgan Harper. Now, Morgan Harper, if anybody doesn't know, you know, she's from Columbus, Ohio, and she is a candidate for you for the U.S. Senate in Ohio. And, um, you know, she just put out a very great thread about Bitcoin. If you have Twitter, I really recommend going and checking out and reading about it, read her take about it. It was great. And I just like to highlight these things because right now in the media, you're going to start to see a different pushback and they're going to you know, try to frame things up uh, based on their interests. And the thing about it is, you know, Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin doesn't have any interest. Bitcoin is built by the people for the people, peer to peer. And uh, you don't have to, you know, trust a, a bank who in the past, you know, banks and governments, they discriminated against people. I mean, look at our laws, right? Bitcoin doesn't discriminate against people. And, you know, right now there are a lot of progressive use cases that are going on. And, Bitcoin has been a progressive tool for lots of, you know, very, you know, poor countries and helping bringing them financial stability, you know, bringing them, you know, a way to, you know, fight inflation, fight a corrupt government, fight a racist, discriminative government. And, uh, you know, it's very interesting too. like Morgan, whenever she, uh, you know, went through this thread and gave her take about it, you know, she talked about, you know, the increase in, you know, black and brown people in America are actually outpacing a lot of white people when it comes to Bitcoin accumulation. So that is, you know, black people, Hispanic people, they're actually outpacing the accumulation of Bitcoin. And I thought it was really interesting, her take, because she talked about how for years, you know, different, you know, local governments, banks, different things like that, they were extremely racist and discriminative against people. So they could not participate the same way others could, you know, in the system. So Again, Bitcoin has so many progressive use cases. Don't let the media lie to you. Don't let some of these new narratives that are going to start popping up. And I'm sure we'll hear about them more. I'll report on them more. But just like my guy out in Cool Valley, uh, Missouri, you know, that's right outside of uh, Missouri City. And, uh, you know, his progressive use case, it is a, a universal basic income use case. So basically giving every single person in his town $1,000 of Bitcoin. There's about 1,500 people. He was able to raise this money himself, you know, through different uh, ventures and whatnot, different connections he has, you know, and this is a young, you know, black man who is very progressive, you know, his first day on the job, he himself, yes, just like Joe Biden could do, 
He himself, he used his power of the pen and pardoned everybody in Cool Valley, Missouri with a nonviolent cannabis or uh, psilocybin charge to get them out of jail. So it can be done. Again, there are so many progressive use cases for Bitcoin. I'm really excited to see what Andrew Yang has to say about it once he starts running for president and we get back into that universal basic income discussion. But again, folks, don't let the media lie to you. Bitcoin is progressive. Bitcoin is for the people. Bitcoin does not discriminate. Bitcoin is not racist. Governments and banks are. Stash it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That was some big news out the other day. And that is our man, Tim Cook. Who's Tim Cook? The CEO of Apple. He just publicly came out and let everybody know that he owns Bitcoin. And I don't know why that's a big surprise. Why wouldn't you think that the CEO of one of the largest tech companies in the world wouldn't own the digital money of the internet? Makes sense to me. So again, folks, you're going to see a lot more people coming out and publicly saying that they own Bitcoin, that they own Ethereum, that they've been involved in cryptocurrencies. Because I guarantee you, you know, the fact that uh, he's just saying this now, I'm sure he's held Bitcoin or at least bought Bitcoin, you know, probably even four, five, six, eight years ago. You know, another one that I think is hilarious that actually just came out too. And that is our man from CNBC. His name is Jim Cramer. And uh, Jim Cramer, who was a crypto and NFT skeptic, he now is uh, really bullish on the industry. But I always think it's really funny, folks. I was watching CNBC. You know, I like to, you know, drink a little coffee in the morning and uh, catch up on the bullshit. And uh, Jim Cramer on October 19th at about, you know, 9.30 a.m. or so, he told his audience and he told everybody that you should sell all your Bitcoin and your Ethereum, take your profits and just go, go start buying other stuff with it like he did. My response to that was uh, I smashed bought I smashed bought a bunch of different Bitcoin. You know, me and my girlfriend Kelsey. I mean, I actually like Jim Cramer. You know, me and Jim we share some some similar thoughts on uh, you know Ford and uh, AT and T. But again, those are some dinosaur dividends. But back to what we were talking about. Now Jim Cramer is uh, bullish. Yeah, I'd be bullish too after fucking double all time highs in the same week. But he just he literally he told me to sell all my Bitcoin on. October 19th. Great. So what? I would have sold it. Now I'm buying the high again. Thanks a lot, Jim. Be careful where you take your financial advice because clearly what I'm saying, this is not financial advice, but what Jim Cramer's saying, apparently he's allowed to. Stash it. Now, I don't know how many Reddit users we have out there, but Reddit has a really cool system on there where you can get karma points and, um, you know, you pass those around when people create different content or have different takes and what have you. It's a, you know, it's fun. It's a cool little community, but what Reddit is actually about to do is they are turning their karma points into crypto. So there's about 500 million Reddit users who are now going to be onboarded to web three and uh, you know, web three decentralized applications. You know, that's where we are messing around with the central land. That's where we have, Axis Infinity and some of these decentralized apps where you can use cryptocurrencies. And the fact that they're about to onboard 500 million people, we're just getting started, folks. It's a it's a little bullish outside. If you ask me, the bulls are running and the bulls are on parade. I'm here for all of it, baby. Stash it.
where all my Tesla stockholders at. Yeah, our man Elon Musk, he's been having a good time on Twitter here lately, and uh, I'm sure everyone's heard about it. It's been uh, filtering its way through the news, and uh, that was the Twitter poll that he put up, basically asking his audience, and he got about, I don't know, 4 million votes or so, asking uh, if he should sell 10% of his Tesla stock to uh, you know, pay for uh, some different taxes and whatnot versus uh, you know the realized uh, gains and things like that. But end of the day, not good news for uh, Tesla stockholders because obviously the stock has been uh, you know dipping down quite a bit after hitting some all time highs. But yeah, you know, I'm not really worried about that at all. Uh, I think it would be interesting to see what ends up happening with some of those extra billions that uh, Elon has left over. A lot of people are hoping they end up in Bitcoin, Ethereum, or I'm sure all those uh, little doggy boys and girls out there wanted to end up in the uh, Dogecoin. So uh, it's going to be fun to see. That was really interesting, reported on this uh, over the weekend too. But Elon Musk, his brother, actually sold about $100 million worth of Tesla last Friday. And uh, I'm sure, you know, some of that money with, you know, the rate of inflation and whatnot, you know, they're not going to be buying bonds with it. They're going to be buying Bitcoin with it. And uh, I'm looking forward to that, folks. I'm not going to lie. But, uh, you know, Elon has uh, been going on a little bit of a run uh, as well, too. You know, if uh, if you enjoy some of that stuff, definitely go check out his Twitter. You know, he had a couple funny tweets at uh, Senator, Senator Ron Wyden. And uh, it was pretty funny, too, because, uh, you know, after Senator Wyden, you know, gave his two cents and whatnot and, you know, accusing Elon of all these different things, which, hey, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know. But uh, our friend, the uh, Unusual Whale Trades, uh, went on there and basically just put them on blast and uh, talked about all the different insider trading that uh, you know Ron Wyden and his family has been up to. So definitely go check it out. And uh, like I always say, these people, they're not our teachers and we're not their slaves. And here is some other fun news for the weather report in terms of the crypto world, and that is Bank of America. Yes, Bank of America, their COO just came out saying that in the future, they are discussing you know, offering loans against crypto assets, and it is going to be a possibility. Wow. Look where we're going, folks. I mean, because we had that coming out, and then here is another good report in regards to that, and that is MasterCard just launched its crypto-linked payment cards in Asia-Pacific. Tell you what, folks, a lot of people live over there as well. So again, more great news coming out daily, like we say too, first gradually, then suddenly. And now you're going to start to see uh, some of the powers that be, you know, the central banks, uh, they're going to start uh, deploying all of their, uh, their minions, if you will. And, uh, there's going to be people that are going to start calling Bitcoin a cult or calling it like some kind of extremist group. But again, like I said earlier, Bitcoin's progressive. Bitcoin is conservative. Bitcoin is everything in between because Bitcoin, unlike governments and banks, it does not discriminate. Bitcoin is for the people, by the people. It is the best store of value in the world and maybe one of the most progressive things ever invented. Stash it. I'm really excited to see uh, what my man Warren Buffett does with that $143 billion he has on hand. Now, 
We already know what Warren Buffett said about Bitcoin. He hates it. He thinks it's a scam, whatever. I mean, his uh, his partner, Charlie Munger, pretty interesting. You know, he was just uh, recently praising uh, the People's Republic of China and how they squash bubbles and handle, you know, some of their uh, financial booms that go on. And I don't know, that didn't really sit well with me. I'm like, oh, great. The billionaire, uh, the billionaire old guy is uh, really uh, happy on how the authoritarian governments come and squash economic booms. Yeah, sounds uh, sounds pretty legit to me. So, hey, Warren Buffett is invested in Nubank. Now, what is Nubank? Nubank is a fintech bank in Brazil, probably has over 40 million users, and they are offering exposure to crypto and Bitcoin. So Buffett invested about 500 million into them. It's chump change to him, but that means Buffett's got some skin in the game. Do I think if Warren Buffett went out and bought some Bitcoin and everybody found out about it? I don't know. That might be too powerful. It might be too much. But uh, we'll see here. We'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, we'll see if Charlie Munger, uh, you know, gets elected to uh, becoming an official in uh, communist China, too. It'll be interesting to see how that works out. But speaking of some of our politicians here again in America, you know, we got Bitcoin mayors popping up all over the place, two of the biggest and, uh, you know, really brightest cities in the, the U.S. right now, Miami and New York City. Now, they may not be the brightest cities. I mean, New York City is a, uh, you know, little, little, little shaky waters, if you will. But, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see uh, this new mayor, uh, Mayor Adams, and, uh, you know, what uh, what he brings to the table, what he's going to what he's going to do for uh, for the city. He has an incredible story. I really uh, recommend everybody checking it out. You know, grew up on the streets in New York City, you know, was homeless at one point. Um, he became chief of police. And, uh, you know, but at one point when he was growing up, I mean, he talks about, you know, being, uh, you know, beat down in, uh, you know, precinct four by a bunch of racist cops. And uh, so what did he do? You know, he went out and he became chief of police so he could change something. So he could do something about it. And uh, now he's mayor of New York City. And, uh, you know, he wants to bring Bitcoin, crypto, innovation. He wants New York City to be the crypto hub for the whole world. And uh, obviously the United States as well. And, uh, you know, he's even taking that a step further. You know, he's talking about, you know, the fact that we, we brought this up before, and I'm sure a lot of people, uh, you know, feel the same. I don't know how much finance you learned uh, in school growing up, if you, uh, if you did at all. But, uh, you know, he wants to start teaching financial literacy in crypto, Bitcoin. He wants to start teaching those things, blockchain, the future. He wants to bring that to the public school systems in New York City. And if people try to stand in the way of that, then I don't know what's going on. Because right now, the people that don't want him to do that are, uh, you know, in his own party. You know, he's a Democrat. He's more of a progressive guy. And you know, I get behind that, man. I'm uh, at heart, you know, I don't uh, don't really have any affiliation to a political party, but you know, I'm always behind people that are about trying to empower others, trying to help them help themselves and lift themselves up. You know, just like this guy's story, and uh, it's great. I mean, I think uh, I think it's gonna be really good for the city, and I think it's great for uh, young people, especially young people that look like him, to see a man like him rise up to the occasion and do something about it. Stash it. And that's a wrap, folks. Thank you so much for being here with us. Week 16 in the books. And like I always say, don't forget to check those show notes. we got a lot of great links down there, a lot of great referral links. My favorite one you'll see, Letters to the Universe, The Love of My Life. It is her newest book, just published. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Barnes & Noble, Simon & Schuster. You can go ahead and head into that store. 
grab it off the shelf. It's going to be a great Christmas gift. It's going to be a great stocking stuffer. It's going to be a great tool to help lead you into the new year. It is an interactive affirmations and manifesting journal, letters to the universe. Check it out. Go to KelseyAida.com. She's got some really cool an awesome women's empowerment, radical self-love retreat coming up in February, and it is booking up fast. But again, we can't wait to see you back here next week. We're going to have some incredible guests coming on the show. We're going to be having some politicians. We're going to be having some great insider stock guys, and uh, it's going to be a hell of a time, folks. So again, thank you so much for being here, and just get ready for the moon, baby. Stash it. <laughs>